Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 7 in Dream 5 podcast. Now in this podcast, me and Dr. Ghanem Kashwani, we like to speak about different topics. And topics like what we want, for example, startup, entrepreneurship, new trend, mental health and career and self-improvement and self-engineering and sometimes another thinking major. We like also to interview other people from other fields. So we like to get the expertise on how they can benefit us and benefit society. So let us jump to the episode and thank you guys and wishing you the best. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening from where you are. In this episode, we speak with Professor Odell. Wow, he had a lot of things, like he first studied mechanical engineer, and he took double master, and he finished a PhD on chemical engineer. Wow, and he is doing a podcast, and he's doing a non-profit organization, and doing a lot of things. Wow, wow, even his podcast is showing in the radio there. Fantastic, wow. That's a lot to be honest. To be honest, that's a lot. I can't do all of this. Wow, fantastic. Go to the episode and can I listen to it? I hope you're going to like it. Thank you. Hi, Dr. Odil. How are you? I hope you're doing great. Great, great. Um, Actually, it's awesome to be on your show. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, fantastic. So can you tell about the audience about yourself and give us everything about you? Yes. Thank you so much, um, Achieve. I... All right. So... I don't know where to begin to begin about me, but I'll begin with where I grew up. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, which is basically a part of the city of New York City. And um, for those who've never been to New York, that's some place that you definitely have to visit. Just as if I just like myself, I must get to Dubai. I've heard some awesome things about it. And I um, then went and got a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering from the State University of New York at Stony Brook. And then directly after, I went and got a master's in manufacturing systems engineering at New Jersey Institute of Technology. After that, I then went to work full-time for a company as an engineer and um, went and worked as an engineer for several years um, a little over 10 years at various other countries as a contract engineer, as a product engineer, designing boilers, working on a manufacturing shop floor and um, pipe systems as well. And then while working, I decided to teach part time at a community college and just really realized that teaching was my passion. And so that led me At the time, telecommunications was a really hot field. And then I went back and got another master's degree in electrical engineering while teaching full time, um, while teaching as well. And then after that, after teaching for around four or five years, I decided, hey, I want my doctorate degree and then moved to South Carolina to obtain a doctorate in chemical engineering. And so, as you can see, I went engineering around and around, but I enjoy what I do. I enjoy teaching. I also have my own podcast, OG Inspiration. Um, you can go to my podcast at www.oginspirationpodcast.com. And then I also have a nonprofit organization, um, www.3tierfoundation.com. So I'm involved in a lot. I'm also an author um, of a book 
of which wow. I do as well. I, um, I do caregiving. And so I'm also a minister in the church. So I do a lot of different things, but I'm, I want to give all of my gifts. My purpose in life is to give back and utilize all the gifts that I have to help empower others and also learn from others each day. Wow. You are giving a lot of things like your work, you are doing a PhD, you like juggle a lot of measures, you are mm-hmm. doing a non-profit organization. Wow, that's how I have to have a podcast. So how you have to how you can manage all of these in one time? Like right. I ask myself the question <laughs> as well. However, I manage my day. I love mornings because mornings are when I'm most creative. There's not a lot of obstacles in the way. And I just begin to write down what's important for that day. And so a lot of my stuff seems to be integrated in the sense that my teaching, my ministry, and my podcasting all sync together in the sense that I could kind of combine that into into one because as I'm teaching, I'm learning and growing and and getting ideas from people and they're learning about their expertise. And so I try to build podcasts that inspires myself, but also others and learn from different life experiences. So syncing all that together as one, it's almost like um, in engineering, they teach us to be productive. You want to sync things together to find the lowest cost to get the product out the door. And so syncing that process is almost like a process that I'm working on in engineering when we know that processes and systems work together. And um, as far as inspiration, you know, I just, I'm just not a selfish person. I like to give of myself and to give my talents and my gifting. And I think it all to now is working together for good in the sense that, you know, it, it, it really inspires me. It's my passion to do all that I'm doing. So I think that's what make, what motivates me to do what I do and how I do it and do it so well. If I, if I don't, if I can pat myself on the back. <laughs> wow. Wow. Fantastic. So you are doing this from a process like to help and support the agent and you are enjoying the journey because some people, they'll be in the middle, they will be like, oh my God, what I'm doing here. Like, I love that. Like you are doing the journey, you are enjoying the journey and you do it for a sake of the value, adding value and helping people. Because not many people doing that for the sake of poverty. They are talking rather than to go from productivity rather than doing it from a better level. So do you believe that adding a value of your work will get a higher reward to the people? Yes, I do. I do believe that. I do believe that what you put out into the universe always comes back to you. And it doesn't necessarily come back from the same people or groups that you send it out to. So um, just a point in case, you know, I, I, I do believe these blessings that I am receiving now have come from seed sown years ago. I would have never thought that my ministry slash podcast slash radio um, personality hosts would reach the entire world. However, I always 
prayed and told God, whatever you put me on this earth to do, let it be done. And I believe those prayers are being answered. And so, you know, I, I believe that your gifts make room for you. And when you open yourself up to express yourself through these gifts, it comes into fruition. The universe will respond to to you. So, you know, it, it's, it's just if you hold your hands up tight and don't let blessings flow, then that's where you'll be. But when you open yourself up through faith, then life has a way of responding in ways that you knew not of. Okay. So I definitely want the audience to realize that, that I'm not here trying to just do all these things, but I'm, as you mentioned, I'm really happy in all the things. I love creative spaces. And if you put me in a creative space, I will excel. If you put me in a box and say, close the door and this is what you're limited to, I'm going to come out with a way of being creative and uh, and fly out of that. And I've been in several situations where that always happens um, in, in relationships and schools and churches and business and employment. Everyone who I've been associated with really realized that you can't, I get bored really quick. And if I'm not challenged, I'm moving on. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. You remind me with who? You know Steve Harvey? You remind me of them. You have the same personality <laughs> of him, to be honest. He's always believing like in the universe and he's believing in the law of attraction and he's believing that like whatever believe in God and living the journey. So because I always listen to him and to be honest, that you have the same feature of him. So like you are adding the value of everything because really like like you are talking from the place like to express and showing a gratitude always. So people have to practice gratitude, isn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah, gratitude comes from a place from within and it comes from a place from the heart. Um, I I was just doing a Sunday school lesson the other day in Luke, in the book of Luke, where Jesus um, healed the lepers and only one came back to say thank you. And that thank you meant so much to that one leper just to say thank you because in those days being a leper um, or having leprosy was a disease that not only affected your body, but it also affected how people treated you and your society status and community. And so to come back and just say thank you is a way of saying gratitude. And sometimes gratitude is not always just words, but is an act as well. And so how do I say thank you for my blessings is by giving back to community, to nonprofits, to churches, to the world, through to education, through to schools, to family, to all that have blessed me in ways that gratitude is shown through my nonprofit and through this podcast. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, really fantastic. Because to be honest, like, like the more if you give to that, like the way you, have, you know, when you get that, you know, God gives you something or you get a grade or something, 
you have to give it back to the community. You have to right. add value because we have we are here always to create, not to, to invent and do many things. That's fantastic. Right. Wow. Right. right. It's more better to give than to receive. And when you give of yourself, as I just mentioned, the universe gives back to you in great in greater ways. You know, we came to this earth for purpose and whatever purpose that is or purpose is that is that is for one to feel it makes a difference on how you approach and how you see trials and tribulations because you know let me just tell the audience this here you may say hey his life has been a smooth sailing wow that is a that is awesome what he did and wow i could do it too well let me just tell you the other side of it it's not easy you will have low valleys where you feel like you're down in the valley for some from for years you will have high mountains where the graduations and the celebrations are at its peak but it is a roller coaster and even in those low valleys I'm, I thank God for the low valleys of not being understood for being misunderstood for being rejected, for being mistreated, for being used. I thank God for those times because it helped teach me how to create and how to grow as well as how to overcome. Because when you're in business, it's not for the faint-hearted. Podcasting is not for the faint-hearted. Um, nonprofit, starting a nonprofit is not for the faint-hearted. You have to be a tough cookie. To get a doctorate degree, it's not for the faint-hearted. Many um, don't finish the, the process. You have to put your all into it, your heart into all that you do. Not so much looking at the struggle, but also just looking at the end goal, because all of that makes who you are. And addition to that, just a family, having a family like being a caregiver. I'm a caregiver. If you go to my website, www.ogcaregiving.com, I wrote a book on caregiving. Unfortunately, the world is still battling this disease of dementia, Alzheimer's. And I had parents who have that and have had it. And I was the full-time caregiver, and I still am for several years now and the disease gets worse <laughs> well, and then to do all that I do to overcome that and still maintain another person's quality of life your audience just needs you to hear that and hear that well when you see the success when you see the good looks and and see the podcast going everywhere don't ever think for a moment that my life was just this smooth sailing. It Everyone looks at it and says, hey, that's wonderful. That's awesome. That took time, commitment. It took perseverance. But again, in those dark valleys and on those high mountaintops, that is the process of life. Knowing that if you say to the universe, I want to do this, that, and the other, and I've been called to do this, that, and the other, and I want to make it happen, you will get setbacks. But don't let those setbacks stop you from progressing. 
those setbacks are there to help you grow in areas that need development. And had I not gone through all that, I my my world would not be where it is and will continue to go where it's going because of that. So rejection comes with success. Mis- misunderstanding comes with success. Persecution sometimes come with success. Um, being cast out or basically not invited or disrespected sometimes even comes with success. But all of those synergies help produce the best person who you are. It's just like an athlete, an athlete who runs for the Olympics. They have to run in the rain, the shot, the sun, the sleet, and in all types of weathers under all types of conditions to get to the goal. And those are not pleasant. We see the final of the 100-meter dash when we sit back and watch TV on the Olympics. But those Olympic um, champions had to go through not eating certain foods, um, running in situations where it's not ideal, running through an epidemic and training through a pandemic when the odds were against them. We see the glory but the pain that goes through all of what I've gone through and what I continue to go through to get to the next level and to take it higher and higher is something that you have to note that will happen if you decide to take your life destiny and your life purpose to its next level. Wow, fantastic. That you give me, it gets it get so emotional for some people, especially when I think, you get me so emotional for that because to be honest, I resonate with you that it's not, it's a journey. It's not going to be easy. There will be hell. No. There will mm. be hell. They will go up and down. They will yes. go like, they will go like, there will be such a, you will be rejected. You will be sometime. And those rejection consider as opportunity to succeed. Like yes. it will give you a lesson in life because life is a lesson. If you, if you're not hit back, if you're going to not screwed back, if you're not going to get in your, you know, if you're going to fill down, you're not going to rear. And then yes. it's, a, it's, a, it's a level of, you know, it's a level of training. It's a level of, you know, it's a level of, uh, it's a level of the journey. At the end, everyone, eventually you will reach, but you have to enjoy the journey at the beginning. You have to feel it. You have to yeah. enjoy it. Like, I like, I enjoy it. It's not easy. I agree with you. For me, after I finished my master's degree, I was kind of, oh, I'm not, I'm not a bit man. I had to, I had to increase and thesis again. I mm. was like, oh my God. I'm not like, I'm not a thesis man. Enough for me. So I know, like, you have the passion, like, and the passion kind of fuel it. Okay, sometimes we will have down days. Sometimes it's going to be, it's going to be, because people, I I understand with you, people only see the succeed people, all these things, Instagram, you know, the social media, and Instagram and Facebook, those right. people have to succeed. Like, Elon Musk is a billionaire. No, Elon Musk, you don't know how many times he screwed up. He used to live, he used to live in a, he used to live in a, in a part, in his, in his office, he used to sleep in a couch. Right. So be, be, it's not going to be easy. Of course, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. Unfortunately, people tell work, work smarter, not work. No, you have to work hard and smarter. Yes. Okay, it's a combination between them. Okay, when you work hard, you will understand, then you work smarter. So really, I resonate with that. Really, I appreciate like, and people doesn't, and I agree with you, the podcast is really hard job. It's not easy. People don't, no. people think it is, I know it's low, low, low barrier entrance to the content creator. 
But there is a lot of work going in the back. People don't yes. talk about like one of that. So really, I resonate with that. Really, really, thank you for that. Yes, thank you, thank you. We delight in the beauty of the butterfly, but we rarely admit the changes it has to go through to achieve that beauty. And so basically, as you mentioned, achieve that. Behind the scenes, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of preparations. It's a lot of time management. And, you know, getting the correct guests to get to where you need to go that matches your mission and your vision is not always the easiest. So studio production time, radio production time, lights, microphone, sound check, all of those things go behind. People see the end result, but they don't see the process that it takes. And, you know, the beauty in any journey is not the gold medal. It's not the degree. It's not the financial independence. The beauty in any journey, and if you think about it, is in the journey. And I'm going to repeat that for the audience. The beauty of life is not so much the end goal, because once you get to that end goal, you're looking for the next great thing to accomplish or the next thing to take your business or to take your career or any um adventure that you're participating in. You're looking to take that to the next phase, but the beauty of it is in the journey. And what's in the journey? The heartaches, the pain, the success, the embracements, the friends, the no friends, the misunderstanding, as well as the understanding, all of those emotions is part of the journey. When you sit back and reflect, the beauty is in all of that. And that's a hard thing to suggest, digest right now, but you have to sit back and reflect. I, I challenge some of you to go to a mountain and just not use a computer or a cell phone or social media and then just take reflections on your own life. And you will see that the journey is worth it and the beauty is in that because then you see nuggets and golden nuggets that you're like, wow, I can now take this and make this a coaching business out of it because it affected me. And then I learned from that and know what angle and which angle not to go down for the next time. So w- the joy is on learning. The joy is the journey. Fantastic. I agree with you, especially Gen Z and Millennium and Gen Z. I'm one of them, to be honest. I'm the, again, the guy who's always his move by like, Always, I have to look at five minutes in the mobile. Like, oh my god, is yeah. there a notification? Oh my god, is there anything on the Facebook? Oh my god, it's like a chicken email. Right. Um, and this yeah. is, I agree with you. I have, I'm, I'm also one of the guys. Like, even when I first take a wake up in the morning, putting up the mobile and chicken email instead of gratitude. It's wrong, <laughs> and this is not, and this is, I, I understand my thing. It's wrong. I'm doing this wrong. Like, this is really wrong. That uh, most of people do wrong. Like, people they have time. If you go to friction, you. You accomplish many things in life because because since you tell the journey, then you tell the journey and you enjoy the journey because yes. you enjoy the journey. You've been a journey. You got the many measures in engineering, so yes. it's okay. Like because you start like electrical, then you go mechanical, then you end up with chemical. Like is it easy? Is it an easy part or is it hard? Because for example, for me, I can't even myself like I'll be civil engineer, then I'm gonna take a master of in chemical. So it's easy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, for myself, 
the reason why I went into mechanical engineering was in high school. I was in the 11th or 12th grade and I was taking physics and my physics teacher, that was the person who really led me into engineering because he was so passionate about teaching the work. And I was really interested in velocity, acceleration, time. And by the way, dynamics and fluid dynamics is my favorite course. I actually teach it. I love it. But at any rate, um, I was also very gifted in math as well. I was one step ahead of my regular class in math. So I knew it had to be in the sciences or the engineering field either way, because those are the subjects that really challenged me. Not to say that any of the others did not, but I was challenged by that and I actually love challenges. And so I went and said, hey, if I like this part of physics very well, I might as well do mechanical engineering. And so for those out there, mechanical engineers don't fix cars and fix your toaster. I don't do that. I design and I design systems and make for production and make processes work to reach an end goal. That's my passion and that's my skill set in the field. And so having gone through a bachelor's, it took me five years to do the engineering degree at State University of New York at Stony Brook. And at that time, the um, job market was really bad. So that's another thing I tell people all the time. You have to know when the time is the right time to go out and get a job because sometimes you can graduate in an off year and companies are not hiring. And so that's what happened when I got my bachelor's degrees, which motivated me just to go ahead and not sit and get a master's. So once I graduated in May, I just enrolled in a master's program um, in September and went to New Jersey Institute of Technology and got a master's in manufacturing engineering. And having when you go full time like that, it only takes a year, a year, maybe a year and a half to do. So I was young at that time and just said, hey, why just, why, not just go another year and take and finish it. And so when I waited that one year and a half, the market, the job market was totally expanding itself. And I had five job offers right off the bat with a master's wow. in manufacturing engineering with a bachelor's in mechanical. Wow. And I took this job that had a rotating program where you work in one department for three months, and then you shift to another department for another three months. It was a great program because you got to see the company. It was a really big company. Um, and you got to travel a little with the company and see which area after that one year rotation that you, you really liked. And so that was the best experience. And so I stayed with that company as a product engineer. I decided that product engineering was my my um, best, um, the one that most interests me and then stayed there for five years. And then that was in an office. And so I went to get out in the field. And so then I went with another company that was a contract engineer where I traveled the country. I mean, I remember basically traveling 
on Christmas Day or Thanksgiving Day for this company where boilers would be inactive and then I would go in and do non-destructive testing to see to test for the integrity of the the walls of the boilers. It was a really important job. It was very physical as well as very um you know, very inspiring because I did math calculations and things like that. And these calculations were dependent on the engineer's recommendations to either replace or to reserve the the pieces inside the boiler. So, and we went across the country and did that. I w- went with a team and it, it was a great job. And then um, after that, then I went to work for a manufacturing company where it was more manufacturing environment where they built, they manufactured and shipped out valves and valves are needed for any chemical plant or for any manufacturing plant to keep the systems operating. And so I really liked that because I was like a manager on for a certain operation. It was a fast paced environment. It was not a big company. I found out in the smaller, medium sized companies, I did more work. I was a little bit more important and it just seemed as if I picked up so many skills doing those jobs on the smaller and the medium-sized companies than I did in a bigger, larger company. But then after that, I decided, hey, I love the manufacturing side. I love the mechanical side. But um, telecommunications at that point was just you know, really exploding and probably giving away my age. But at any rate, telecommunication companies were just hiring on the spot or just didn't have enough people to hire. So I said, you know what? I want to go back and just get another master's in electrical engineering. And so, yeah, that was a big jump. And so I had to take now audience, please don't think I just went Mechanical and manufacturing engineering were very similar. It was not much difference. Mechanical, actually, manufacturing engineering is a baby of mechanical. So there weren't any bridge courses I had to take. But when I switched to electrical, after having those years of experience of manufacturing and product engineering and design engineering, that was a big jump. That meant instead of going maybe one year for masters, I had to really spread that out to maybe two, two and a half years because I had to take some bridge courses, which meant I took some undergraduate electrical engineering courses to make up for the difference between the major because mechanical and electrical were really, really different. And so I took some junior level undergraduate courses to make up for the difference so that when I got to the graduate level courses, it made sense. And so after that, I got the degree. Yeah, I was just really interested in telecommunications. And the college that I went to, New Jersey Institute of Technology, they, the university is always up on the latest majors. And so they had a a niche called telecommunications engineering. So that really inspired me even the more to just do the electrical engineering type. And so having graduated from that, I then got a job 
not in the field, but to teach um, engineering at a community college for an engineering program. And so I took that job in Connecticut and just really um, enjoyed what I did. I really enjoyed. I was told to be creative. I created some courses for the community college and I taught circuits. So I took, I took my degree and taught some circuits as well as some statics and dynamics courses as well. And then after that, after working there for quite some time, I said, you know what, I really want to need my doctorate because in order to really grow and and do extremely well and to work in a four-year college instead of a community, community college, you really need the doctorate. And so this was when another switch happened. Wow. Fuel cells <laughs> became yeah, a hot topic. Now, yeah, so... As, as you know, engineering is always changing. You can't, you cannot learn, you not not learn. You have to continue to learn to keep up with the technology. And so I had an interest in fuel cells. Now, of course, you could take electrical engineering and mechanical engineering and incorporate it with the fuel cells. So I didn't have to go and get a PhD in chemical engineering to do it. But I decided, hey, I'm young. I'm not married. I have nothing holding me back. Why not do that? And then the other thing about chemical engineering, that is such a diverse field. If I think maybe if I had to do it all over again, I would just go and get a bachelor's, have a bachelor's in chemistry and just keep going up the pathway because chemical engineers not only do they have to take the physics, but they have also have to take chemistry and organic chem one and two, which is a hard subject. And so they can really go to medical school, to law school. They have the background that they don't have to really prepare if they want to go to medical school and take organic chem because that's already embedded in their program. So I decided, hey, and then the chemical engineering departments, they were open to my interest in engineering education because I like to teach and I liked fuel cells. They were more open to marrying those two. And so that's really the reason why I did chemical engineering as a doctorate. I knew I wanted my doctorate in engineering, but because the chemical engineering departments across the U.S., were so open to marrying all these different interests more so than any of the other departments. I think that's the reason why chemical engineering attracted me um, the most. And I wrote a paper on polymer systems and then papers on, um, on asthma with respect to um, computational fluid dynamics and and what have you and so when you say how do i get to a to b that that's been my journey now i'm taking all of that it's almost like taking a mixing bowl and mixing it up and now inspiring people through my podcast to learn about the different fields 
but also I'm teaching as well. I, I still teach statics, dynamics, and fluid mechanics. And I've been asked to write a college textbook on statics. I'm excited about that. And so um, I'm also writing a book for kids to know the different fields of engineering. Um, and www.ogstem.com, www.ogstem. You can take a look at that and see what I'm up to with respect to writing that piece. But I, had I not gone through all of those experiences, I would not really know what what it was, what they were all about. So I tell people, yes, I married my career, but I'm enjoying the journey, and now I'm able to to motivate and to educate society about all these different journeys. And when you really think about it, all of the engineering fields are very versatile. So like when you go to a job in civil engineering, you're not, you're not going to just teach civil engineers or work with civil or do civil engineering things. You're going to be working with management. You're going to be working with the mechanical engineers. So Today, you're, it's a very versatile market. And so you're not just kind of working in a single domain. You really have to realize that when you get your degree, whether I don't care what degree it is, you're there to solve problems. And when you solve problems, that helps the company or it helps yourself to make money from solving problems. So... How do I take all of that and work today? I'm st- I'm continually solving problems. You know, how do you, how do I get this information out? What's the best way? You know, some students are visual learners, some are not. All of those are solving problems, and that is all engineering. So, whatever you get your degree in, it's all a matter of a function of solving problems to make society better. Now, the question is, where do I get all this energy from? <laughs> and yeah, that I agree. Really, um, it's just a matter of passion. It's a function of passion. You know, like vos- velocity is a function of time. Passion is a function of the energy <laughs> that I'm getting. Wow. <laughs> yeah. wow, that's fantastic. Wow. You hit, you hit with the really hitting gyms. Like, for example, you start your career, like you said, because you said you love math and physics, because I agree with you. When I joined, when I joined engineering, because I was, I was nerd also. I loved math and physics because really it was my passion and chemistry. And for, I agree with you for the people who didn't start. I was, I was not even civil engineer at the beginning when I joined the college. I was planning to be a computer engineer. Then I went to chemical engineering. So when you tell me organic one or two, I said, Oh my God, <laughs> those are the two measures that make me sense to civil engineer at all. After I took these two courses, I said, no, I have to go civil engineer. Because I took, I took them organic one and two. So I know how hard and tough it is, because to be honest. So I said, right. wow, even he, after all of this, he went to a PhD to chemical engineering and took all these courses, especially organic? No way. If I would have told me, I would be going to be run away from, from the second day of the class. Because for me, like, to be honest, when I joined my, when I, when I started joining the engineer, it was not like, Okay, I was I was in computer. I was love computer because I love coding that time because I know a little bit HTML and C++. But, uh, you know, that time was 2000, as you said, like you have to see your career. It was 2000, after 2000, after year 2000, you know, 2000 bubble and, you know, 
the bears after 2000.com, you know, crisis there, and no one was hiring in, no one hiring them. And that we know engineering was there was there was a booming, but unfortunately, when I graduated, it was a recession. So people, I advise people to choose whatever they love, because for me, like I was a civil engineer, because unfortunately, I use it for the money, which is the biggest mistake I did in my life. And I understand with you, like, you, you know, and what, when you said something, like, you have to go back and you have to take the junior course, the undergraduate course. It's hard. Right. So you, yes. So do you believe that the university should change the system? Like, if, for example, take introduction courses, introduction, like, you know, make introduction course and start working. And you see, you know, because I agree with you, as you said, your passion, you change your passion from mechanical to electrical to chemical, like, but like people who change their mission, this is of course the means of your career and your life. So do you believe the college should change the system like take introduction course? Then okay, after after a couple of days can and can come back and take extra civil course and you have another master or another major instead to roll out and to have to undergraduate. Right, right. And so colleges are because of the pandemic and because of um the changes that colleges realize on people and careers being moving in certain directions, they are, they're making it so that you can take some of these courses online. You don't have to actually physically go to the university. So it's really unlike when I took these courses, I had to go to these classes and physically sit down. And that was a lot of time traffic and, um, changing life schedules. Today, you could continue work and change your major and take courses online. And really, I would encourage people to actually just go to the department and ask the um, the director of the department what opportunities they have for you to, you know, maybe try out other classes in another department. Because actually, Colleges and universities really love when people interconnect through different departments because it brings clout to their department and new ideas, especially in research. So, yeah, today, colleges and universities, I know in the United States, they're they're willing to work with people of their interests or if the, if the department or the college doesn't have the major that you want, they always come up with new programs to basically come up with um, something that could cater to you and your lifestyle. Because today we have a lot of students from all walks of life and background that are coming into college. It's just not graduating from high school, going to college. Now we have various people who have turned careers around who are coming back. We have, I teach students, some, some of them, who have other majors worked in another field and now have come back to the university for a bachelor's in engineering. So the age range of students are, are, are very. Mm-hmm. And so wow. colleges are willing to work with you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, to be honest, I agree with you. People trying to go like, you know, like they can even can online because, for example, currently I'm taking a course on digital marketing online. I can take it whenever I want. It's in my free pace. I don't have to rush it hard. I don't have to go like, uh, you know, I don't have to get to. I just 
and I agree with you and our time because for example when I was taking the master I remember I have to go to the club I was working at the same time I have to have to do I have to drive night to take the class so I agree with you it is difficult sometimes you know when you have to come back to take the courses and now we have with the digital with the digitalized yes, we can take online course you can even listen listen to many material you can listen to the course if you want to be in person but if you want to take it online it's, easy, it's better easier you can take it in your pace from your home even your even there are, you know, there are some online courses these days are very recorded. You just listen to the lecture and you do the exam. So it's easier now for people to go even take online. Because there are many co online courses like from Coursera, Udemy, ETX. There are many of them now online. You can just take, take on right. them and, and right. kind of just whatever you take. Like, right. And, and you can dip and dab into the course to see or, or the field to see if it's really for you at this point too um, through the online. And then even colleges and universities are now, they ha they may have options for online or distance education. So you should embrace, embrace the dis distance education because, again, you can take your exams online. There's ways which they block out any websites while you're taking the exam so you're not cheating. And it's time to have somebody watching you. It's a really great, effective way. One of the great things about online education is that you can rewind and watch the lectures over and over until you get the concept, you know, which those are things you can't do. And then you can, the beauty of it is that you can do the work and the homework and watch the lectures anytime, any day, any hour. If you're a really night owl and you can't do it in the day, then you can do it at night or you can do it vice versa. So it's 24 hours, seven days a week. And I really think that's effective. So we believe this will be the future. Now, maybe a hybrid system, or it's going to be modification between online and hybrid system. Because to be honest, for me, online system, it's going to be helpful. I'm thinking about it. That's going to be useful, especially for country, for people who cannot afford the tuition fees, because I don't know in the US, I don't know, but tuition fees is a big issue. Like, People are paying for the student loan and paying a lot of debts for the student. So online course can be a little bit cheaper, especially yes. for a third, third, third country, about third country, third party country, like some, you know, some, you know, some, some low income country can use these courses and accordingly can use it and develop them and improve them in their career. You yes. In this? I, I, I totally and wholeheartedly agree. It is to me, the online is a very effective way to streamline as well as to network with other people and other countries, as well as a way to grow. You have to be very disciplined. And I do agree. Some, some courses are best, could be best bet, best taught in person. And some courses are best taught online. So for example, if you're doing a group project, it, can, it still can be done. Um, but sometimes in certain instances, group projects are best done in person. So it has its pros and cons, but for the most part, for a working individual or for someone who's changing careers um, at a later age, and it could be the, the best thing that you could ever do. It really could. It could open up doors. And then some companies are hiring online where you can work from home. So this thing is going to continue to grow. And the pandemic only taught us that, hey, it's definitely a need. To be quite honest with you, 
I think there's a statistic that went out that uh, that showed pr- productivity versus um, working at home, and it's exponentially increased. The the studies show that it's exponentially increased. I don't know how much. I can't remember the the numbers that showed working at home um, increased productivity. I agree with you because, to be honest, like like working from home is increased productivity. Because to be honest, like uh, for example, because before pandemic, we have the culture like you no, know, you have to have an office, you have to go to university, you have to work in the office. Nowadays, people can the pandemic. It's possible you work from home. Mm-hmm. You can you can notice it because you can have flexible work hour. You can have flexible timing. You don't have to drive to the all the way to the job. So it will be easier for people and increase productivity. So, and you can have your own field, like where you can work. For example, be, for example, you know, people sometimes love love to work in a different environment. For example, me, I hate working cube because, to be mm-hmm. honest, working cube for me is hard because when they are putting the AC super cool, especially in the building, I'm gonna freeze out. For example, no, I have to, I have to my own space. I love to have to my own window. I love to have, you know, my own thing. I have to have my flexible schedule because I'm the guy. I have I need to have fun flexibility. So I agree with you. Like working home, like it can be interesting, but. You think we're gonna be going fully now education, like as because you said now education for fully we we might it will be online it will be in, even in person even work it will be in online it will be in person so in the future we can have a hybrid system do you mean? Yes, I yeah there is a um hybrid systems work just as well as um online and universities as well as um employees of companies are also open to that. And if they if they're not, they're sitting at the table thinking about what they what could be done. Hybrid systems work the best. I know this past semester I taught hybrid where the student some students preferred in class and some students preferred online. And so I did everything in the classroom with the students in the class and online. It was hybrid and it worked out really well. And then I recorded the lecture. So if the students in the class wanted to go back and listen to the lecture that we all sat through, they could do so at the time. So it was very, very effective. Hybrid systems work really great. And if you can't come to something that is really far, you could really... um, benefit well. There were some research conferences that I went to and it was all online where some people who couldn't travel, it was hybrid for them. And we got just as much out of the conference than if we were not, we were in person, if not more sometimes. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. We will have an option, can have an option at work, an option, you know, and study. I can even have an option now. Because college now start changing, everyone start changing to better because the pandemic teaches a lot of things, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Teaches how to be resilient, how to adapt the way of behavior and how to education. Because that's the reason I want to ask it from you since you've been in academic and in career industry. Which better? Academic or industry? Oh, <laughs> that's a tough question. But to me, both of those experiences were awesome. Um, I right now prefer the academic um but i think 
God for my experiences in industry because industry really put the icing on the cake. The I, Some of the best professors are those who worked in industry and then come back and bring those experiences to the classroom. Sometimes some people um, go straight from master's, the bachelor's, the PhD, and then they go teach. And that's great. That's a great career. I went bachelor's, master's, then taught a number of years, like maybe 10 years in industry, and then came back to teach. And so I can't tell you how much advisement that I give, how well of an advisor that I am, how well of a team builder that I am, a product designer, a a mentor that I bring to the table with these groups. I also do senior design, which is um, I'm a mentor for senior design projects. And I can't tell you how much of empowerment that is to have all that experience and bring that back into the classroom. So both experiences were extremely awesome. I think for me, I needed that experience to value what I was teaching because, you know, when I was taking these courses as an undergraduate, 18, 19, 20 years old, they were very interesting to me. But until I had that experience on the job to, to see how these courses integrated, um, it really didn't mean a whole lot. And then when I went to work and realized that, hey, all right, this is the reason why I took solid mechanics This is the reason why I took engineering dynamics, because you have to know you may not use use it and solve problems in that respect on the job. But all of the thinking and the skill sets are all integrated. And then when I came back to the university to teach, then it really made more sense because now I have more to pour out to the students because I have experience working in industry and the research, which takes five to six years to complete, and all of the, the degrees and the backgrounds from various different areas. So everything comes full circle. And now I think getting the doctorate degree was the, the, the best degree because you create, you solve a problem that no one has ever solved using using what you already know and you build upon knowledge that is not in the field. So that was the best degree because it took everything I learned and integrated into one. And then now that I'm teaching and I'm not doing research, I'm just teaching. I'm creating programs. I'm advising students I'm using my podcast as a platform. It really comes full circle. So to answer your question, I'm going to put them both on this. They're both awesome experiences for me. I just feel like the teaching and the academic part of it now, it sums the entire entire system up because I still work with companies, um, writing recommendations for students, working with companies on senior design projects to give to students at the school so they can prepare themselves on how to work in, together in teams. You know, I'm still integrating myself with companies on my job. It's just not going to the blackboard and teaching. It's 
a lot of interpersonal skill sets that I'm surrounded with. Wow, I love that because to be honest, yeah, I agree with you. When you have a PhD and you've been in academic and you've been in industry, that will be easier. You're gonna teach from it's not also from a pure academic, you can from experience yet. Mm-hmm. Because I resonate with that. When I was taking my master's degree, I remember when I took the advanced geotechnical, it was teach by two lectures. One mm-hmm. of them was pure academic. He never been in the site, he never been in the, the three. The other one, he was he's like he said, he's not a full time, he's a part-time, but he's like he's teaching at a part-time that and he's in the industry. And he's mm-hmm. working at the same time. Mm-hmm. Trust me. People will skip the guy who's doing full academic and go to the academic, to the industry guy. Because he's giving a real example from a real life. For example, when they do, for example, this project, we work at, yeah, this will help you because I work in this project and this project like this, this happened. And with other, we use, like, for example, the vibro compaction. For example, we use this type of, you know, this technique because it helped us in this project. Our example is a technical guy. He's explaining from pure research person, which didn't didn't understand from us. So people, I used to love that course because it has a lot of technical and they have a lot of geotechnical, have a lot of experience. So it's mixed between technicality and experience with it. So 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 I know which type to take and which type what to not to take. And I know which type. Even sometimes he's taken like from the course when he's taking that when he when he takes the material of the course, he add and he modifies something, but it's equivalent to the industry. So people can go this for academic path and can for industrial path. So really, I reconnect with that. Really, really, I agree with right. you with that. Right, right, right. Yeah, and it makes it makes a it makes learning a lot more um, efficient, as well as better for the student as a whole. When someone has worked in the field and can portray aspects of the field to the student, I like I said, I advise students every semester. And we sit down not only about the next level courses, but we also talk about the future. I ask them the question, what do you want to do after you graduate? Do you have an internship to get your feet wet? Do you want to attend graduate school? And so those are critical questions because students make great money when they get their bachelor's degrees. And it's harder to go back to school when you have your bachelor's degree. So, you know, sometimes the company does pay for you and you do it at night. And a lot of engineers tend to go and get a management or MBA, which is a great combination. However, you know, I make it known to the students that, you know, there is a there's a delta with that, because when you start making money and you want to go and get a master's in mechanical engineering, you want to go full time or do you want to go research? Once you start working out there, it's hard to go back to school. So from my experiences, it just makes it easier for me, having had those experiences, to advise students. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I agree with you, especially when you said about that, like mentorship. So really. So where people can can go and listen to you? Oh, they can go to my website at my, there's three ways to get in contact with me. You can go and email me at oginspirational at gmail.com. That's oginspirational at gmail.com. You can also go to my nonprofit, www.3tierfoundation.com, or you can go to my um my podcast which is og inspiration podcast dot 
www.myweblog.com or you can just simply type in my website for my radio shows, which is OGinspirationpodcast.com. So there's a lot of different ways. You can get me on Facebook, Odell Glenn Jr. You can go to my Instagram page or my LinkedIn page as well. I'm on all other social networks. Yo, fantastic, really. For, and we're going to put all these in the show notes for sure. We're going to put all of these, like yeah. the book, like everything, like the like the nonprofit, everything. So really, really, thank you. So any final thought from you? Oh, Atif, I just want to thank you so much for inviting me on the show. I'm hoping that your audience have learned a lot from the show. Please, you can also go to my podcast as well. This is just wonderful. As you can see, audience engineers are just not geeks. We just don't sit and solve math problems. We educate environment, community. We're on podcasts. We solve problems. We talk about all different types of issues. So we really love what we do. And I we inspire you to be the best that you can possibly be because you only have one life to live and why not live the life you were purpose to live? Yes, there will be highs and lows, but don't let the lows keep you in a place of discomfort. Take those experiences and take it and utilize them to grow your business, to excel in your career, to do the impossible, because you can do it. It's inside of you when you have your purpose in front of you. That's the words that I would leave with the audience. Really, thank you. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. For sure, we have to bring you another time with all that. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank Dr. you. Odile. No problem. Thank you. Thank God bless. You. Wow, fantastic episode with Dr. Odell. Wow, he spoke a lot of things hitting Jim. I was going to ask him more, but unfortunately, he was busy and he's going to run for another meeting and other stuff. Wow, fantastic. Wow. Like, I want to ask him about education and how education can be changed and about mentorship, whether mentorship is used for education or no. Many things I want to ask, but, you know, time is time. Time is slow. So if you like this episode, share it to someone and tell them why episode can be inspiration and, and can help them for them. Thank you, guy. Take care. and wishing you the best. Yalla. Bye. It was nice to meet you and the member guy. We raised by sharing the knowledge to everyone. Sharing is caring. It was nice to meet you guys and wishing you the best. Take care guys and wishing you the best. You guys have a good, good day and good night.